Good morning, sir. Would you like to try a vanilla brand oat crunchy? What do you think? Have a nice day. Fuck you. Excuse me, sir. I hope you had a very pleasant shopping experience. Yeah. Good. Here's a form for our suggestion box. Now, if there's anything you want that we don't have, you just let us know. Arugula. I haven't had arugula in six weeks. What's that? It's a vegetable. You know, it's dangerous for you to be here in the frozen food section. Why is that? Because you could melt all this stuff. <gasps> Put on your Little League uniform. Uh, fill out your witness relocation paperwork. Get some arugula. It's time for My Blue Heaven. And this is 100. I'm Jason Martin. This is 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies He Loves. Exactly. Arugula. Is that a vegetable? No, it's a, it's veg, a vegetable. 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 It, uh, so when you talk about 1990 uh, true stories about gangsters, what do you think of? Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is my blue heaven. Exactly. Exactly. There's because it was made before Goodfellas. Exactly. But both of them were based on the same uh, story of Henry Hill. Yes. Uh, in fact, at the end of Goodfellas, I went back and looked at it. Uh, Henry Hill is in witness relocation in suburbia and yeah. about how much he, they don't have anything he likes and all the stuff. And, mm-hmm. and the, the end credits kind of give a history of what happened to Henry Hill after that. Yeah. But if you want a more fictionalized, stylized, humorous look <laughs> at it, My Blue Heaven is from the same story. Absolutely. It's a very underrated movie that uh, a lot of people don't know or don't care for. I don't, I don't understand why. I remember seeing really the theater funny. and uh, this was probably one of the first movies I remember being in that super dry humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would call that like The Office on yeah. TV and stuff like that. And it wasn't as dry as The Office. It was yeah. deadpan. Yes. But there was something about it that I knew in the theater that was just not your typical funny guy Steve Martin movie. Right. Um, I guess it must have been the subject matter. Yes, yes. It, uh, I did, definitely did not see it in the theater. I saw it uh, probably a year or two later on HBO, and it seemed to be rerun constantly. You know, this is this is like the early '90s. I was living in a fraternity house. We had HBO. We rewatched certain movies over and over again whenever they came on, and it was a good one because Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, big big names in the early '90s. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and. Um, the right away, like one of the first scenes is uh, him, Rick Moranis, asking uh, Steve Martin about a social security number. <laughs> and he, first of all, he doesn't he doesn't have one, or even if he does, he doesn't know what it, he has no idea what it is. He's spilling out one at a time. Yeah. One. Yeah. 
Yeah. Seven. Yeah. And eventually it's, that's one too many. Yeah. Take off the five. Yeah. And uh, the idea that he's uh, a clean, suburban, safe area kind of sickens him and sickens his wife to the point where she, she, she's gone right away. He's always looking for the angle. He's always looking for the grift. He's always looking for the job. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the, uh, he keeps talking about, uh, well, the, one of the first things he goes to the grocery store to try to, you know, insert himself in uh, normal society and, uh, Shop around in his uh, shiny suit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one guy, I think, just said, one of the grocers, one of the clerks there just says, you know, how, how are you doing? Or And he's like, fuck you, you know. <laughs> so I got to earn their PG-13 rating right away with one fuck. Um, and uh, he goes around with a price gun and is putting, I think it's like 39 cents on all, on the, all, the, all the steaks and meats. And, yeah, and he uh, goes to check out. And uh, he has a hundred dollar bill, and the, the clerk is like, "Wow, wow, hundred And he's just rolling his eyes. And um, that's when he walks out. He's getting ready to walk out, and uh, the uh, manager asks him how he's shopping. Is the shopping experience good today? Yeah. Just let me know if there's anything you can do for me. Arugula. Arugula. And he says, "What's an arugula?" It's a vegetable. A vegetable. Yeah. And it's uh, constantly, um, that's that's one thing like he does here, but a lot of the rest of the movie is him just constantly just lying to people. and About everything. Yeah. Even when he's gone dead to rights, he just lies his way through. Right. When, when uh, John Cusack's character um, uh, is questioning him, and he had stolen a car. He's like, I was supposed to borrow it, but I stole it from the wrong guy. I borrowed it from the wrong guy. Right. And uh, my mistake. And she says that 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 uh, the car belonged to the pastor at the local church. And uh, and there was like stolen beer in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Oh, those 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 religious people. You never yeah. trust it. Yeah. He says some guys steal your money. These guys steal your heart. <laughs> He's just talking about some guy. He has no idea who they are. Um, he uh, he just he seems to constantly make fun of people and lie to people and just get away with it the whole time. And uh, he talks. He makes fun of uh, John Cusack's shoes. You know, army shoes. No wonder he split. <laughs> she should wear heels, and later on she does. Yeah, yeah. Breaks them. Right, right. And uh, no, no, I've had these for a while. She says something like, "I've had these for a while." Um, the um, they have the uh, one of the, the casting choices originally. Um, Schwarzenegger was supposed to play the Steve Martin part. Really? Yeah. Yes, he was too busy doing Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, Kindergarten Cop. That's exactly. Uh, and then Steve Martin took that role because Steve Martin was supposed to be the FBI agent, and then Rick Moranis. Signing in the FBI role, which I think is pretty good. Um, you rarely get to see this is certainly a departure for Steve Martin, but you rarely get to see Rick Moranis playing a straight man, a straight man, clean cut, ordinary like Joe. rule follower, normal. He's almost always a weirdo because he's a 
unusual looking. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, his Canadian. Yeah, exactly. He's Canadian. He's got that again. Canadians always play against that. Exactly, exactly. Um, there was um, there's a lot of uh, critics of 71 on Rotten Tomatoes. Honestly, that's higher than I thought because I knew that a fair amount of people, even I certainly love it, but a fair amount of people didn't care for this movie. You know, I wonder if after a while people just stop voting on Rotten Tomatoes for movies, you know. They, get, they reach a certain point and then no one really goes back and... Oh, you mean for older them. movies? Yeah, I wouldn't go back on old movie. Right well, now. I think I think I believe they go back and take the older reviews. You know, no, what, no, I mean? my, what I'm saying is, I think at a certain point in time, people watching movies don't really go back. To don't care about what Commando says. Oh, the 1990 movie, Money Blue Heaven. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go on right tomatoes and then. Oh, gotcha. And that, gotcha. And rate that. So the, the ratings there are maybe aged. Yeah. You know, a younger generation might have a different view of it, but you mm-hmm. don't know. Unless yes. they're out there actively rating every single movie they ever see, which right. I'm saying is that's not happening. It's just yeah. the current stuff gets hit. And once True. that wave is done, like movie tickets, it's into the bargain bin. Yes, yes. Um, and the, the movie, I I cannot find the budget for this movie anywhere. It's like it's a secret. I don't get it. But the, the box office was $24 million. Um, wow. You know, it's respectable for a comedy in that era. For a comedy that didn't necessarily have glowing reviews, that's you know. But too many special effects, as I recall. Uh, nothing, no. Car chase. Some stunt, a few stunts, but stunts. nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. yeah. Probably under the ten million. Probably, yeah, yeah. I'll need your social security number so I can process your payment. My what? Your social security number so we can pay you. Two. Two. One, one, five, five, dash, six, six, nine, nine, dash, eight, eight, two, two, one, one, two, five, two, that's one too many numbers. Take off the five. Um, they had the uh, you know Bill Irwin plays the other FBI agent uh, in the movie, and I like Bill Irwin. Yeah, Bill Irwin is is one of those guys um, that you probably know his face. Um, the the way the first time I knew about him was a short film that was played on SNL in around 1980, and it was just him dancing around New York City um, with. Um, Shake Your Groove thing playing, and he was dancing around, and I had no idea who the guy was before that, uh, but uh, he was also, uh, he was in Popeye movie, yep. um, he was in the Jim Carrey Grinch movie, and he was in Eight Men Out, and he's been in, you know. A ton of different movies, different yeah. parts. I've been aware of him since uh, well before the 80s, um, mid-70s sometimes. So I'm on some uh, talk show, probably Mike Douglas, daytime talk show or something like that, where he was basically doing his clown act. And that's uh, he came up in Ring Brothers as a mm-hmm. clown line. And he decided uh, to, uh, instead of you know wear all the makeup, to be more human looking, but do all the clown pantomime, all the a large the movements, the emotions. And you can see that in what he does in almost every role of that, especially yeah. especially here. 
the, the mugging for the camera, the way he, he, uh, he reacts to everything. Yeah. It's very clown-like. Yeah. Um, so. And he was also um, um, one of the biggest, most famous maybe music videos of all time, um, along with uh, Bobby McFerrin and Robin Williams. And be happy. Don't, Don't worry, worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah, he was uh, he was in that. I think you know he's probably good friends with Robin. He was in Popeye. And yeah, yeah. They were probably in the same comedy scene. Or was that the uh, video made when Sid was Popeye? No, no. Uh, that was uh, that movie. That song came out in '88, probably. So it's a good seven or eight years after. Yeah, Popeye. Yeah. Um, but it seemed a little out of place because obviously Bobby McFerrin sang the song and everyone knew who Robin Williams was. But then there, who's this other guy? He certainly wasn't like super well known. With Bobby McFerrin doing everything right in that song, yeah, and being in the video, anyone else in the video pretty much has to hold their own yeah. and be visually right. exciting or interesting. And Robin Williams, right, even without talking, and Bill Irwin, definitely yeah. without talking, can hold their own on screen and draw your attention. True, true. That's a good point. Yeah, and uh, that was. That's uh, certainly one of the probably one of the most known things he's in, really, because a lot of these movies aren't well, Jim Carrey's Grinch is an exception, but but he's got a lot of yeah, who make a who makeup on, so he's not yeah. super recognizable either. But um but you know, he does the great dance scene with the merengue later on too, and uh he has I think well, he's not he doesn't have the line, but he's the He's the uh, he starts the line uh, where him and Moranis are uh, on stakeout in the, in the motel room because they have code names <laughs> and he calls him Moranis by his code name Dicky and Moranis says you call me Dicky one more time and I'll kill you. <laughs> he says that in front of his boss too, so you know it's just that's a great little line. Um, I love <laughs> that line just kills me. And he's sitting there in his like I think underwear or something playing Nintendo. And he unplugs it or something, turns the TV off, whatever. Um, you also have in this movie uh, William Hickey um, playing the uh, the gangster from New York who's also a witness for a location that, that he sees at the <clears throat> pet store. Um, and his, his, his just voice, all he needs is his voice. Um, what, uh, what other stuff do you like? Uh, William Hickey from? Well, probably the biggest thing everyone knows him in Pritzy's Honor. Yeah. Um, he's been in a number of similar roles, uh, not just mobsters, but crotchety old men. Right. He's right. pretty much what got to start in front of the screen as a crotchety old man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he was doing something in acting before then. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what. Well, he was in the original producers uh, when Jim Otter and Mostel were at the bar. That could have only been what he was just like a drunk, but he was, he, he was the other guy in the scene. He was, you know, but I mean, he was young. He wasn't even young, man. He was no. younger. He, 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 was <laughs> he was still in his forties. He was never young. Right. Exactly. Um, but he was the other guy. And of course, uh, what most people know him from is uh, Christmas vacation. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, the blasting, most of you young kids know from Christmas vacation. Yeah. I know from Christmas on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you also have uh, just one, basically one line in the movie, but the great LaWanda Page is in this. 
as in Ann Esther from Sanford and Simon. Yeah. She plays the hotel maid. Um, she is, <laughs> she's unbelievable. Um, but you know, she just has one line. In it. Um, now the director, uh, had the director, Herbert Ross, um, who also, uh, has several big movies, uh, Sunshine Boys, Penny from Heaven, Footloose, Steel Magnolias, Boys yeah, on the Side. Yeah, Footloose, The Sunshine Boys, and My Blue Heaven. They just don't seem to go together. No, no. <clears throat> but they are all based on the story of Henry Hill. No, not really. No? No. no. Okay. Steel Magnolias, right? Yeah, Steel Magnolias. Yeah. And you have the writer, uh, um, Nora Ephron, writer. Now, this was not one of her first movies, but it was pretty early on in the in the movie writing career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she wrote uh, When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, uh, Michael, and she was the director for Sleepless and Michael. And well, she was at the married or dating uh, Nicholas Pelleggi while he was writing Goodfellas. Goodfellas. And. Uh, talking on the phone. <laughs> so she heard a lot of the story. Right. And she actually talked to him sometime and she got the, she got it straight from, straight from the guy. From Henry Hinn. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting that two films like that would have so much in common. Um, and this one did come out before. Right. Goodfellas. Right. About five weeks or so. Yeah. Came out before Goodfellas. Um, it was probably started about a year after Goodfellas was started. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm sure this one didn't take nearly as long to shoot as a uh, yes, as a Martin Scorsese. Yes, and uh, the um, w- one thing I love is uh, just the constant lying of uh, Steve Martin. Uh, it doesn't matter; he just lies to everybody. Um, he rolls with whatever stories handed him. He just piles on the next slide. And yeah, make it sound believable. Yeah, enough. and and um, the. Uh, the uh, airport scene where he uh, he's flying in New York and to testify and you know it's supposed to be all quiet don't tell anyone you're here his entire family is there <laughs> and his mom is just crying and uh, he, he begs begs him to uh, take his handcuffs off to see uh, so he can hug his mother. And it's all distraction just so he can get away. And then uh, the mother flips off Moranis and, and has that laugh, the evil woman laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, there's a, uh, well, here's a, here's a game we play sometimes on here. It's a IMDb characters walking game. And uh, I'm going to mention characters from a movie. Uh, that involve an actor in this movie. It's a different movie, but it's a well-known movie that Paul definitely knows. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. And we'll start typically uh, near the bottom, and Paul's going to try to guess what movie it is. So this is a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the movie. Right. And one of the actors from My Blue Heaven is in this movie. Right. And you're going to start naming characters from the movie and the bottom of the list for IMDb and work its way up. Yes. And how many characters can I get in before I... Yeah, but I'm skipping around because some of these movies might have 60 or 70 people credited. But I'm giving you enough hints to where you, you can get it, but it's not going to be super easy, but ways you can get it. All right. Um, 
starting near the bottom. Wallflower. Wallflower. Yeah, um, you have to get something else there. Triangulate a little bit. Geek at dance. Wallflower. Geek at dance. Okay. Hold on. Uh, John Cusack. Uh, no, uh, 16 Candles. Yep, 16 Candles. <laughs> I'm thinking, what was the movie up there and then the movie 16 Candles? Yeah. Wallflower, Geek at Dance. Right. For me, there's not too many movies that hit that, but yeah. 16 Candles definitely does. Geek I was going to go with Rudy, who was the who married married her, his, her oh, you sister. Know what? I would not have put him in that movie this name, the character Rudy. That would be right. a stretch. Uh, he is such a freshman. Uh, you know, Reverend, which is Bob Murray's character. John Cusack's character was Geek Girl number one. <laughs> John and John Cusack was in it was like Geek Boy number two or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall's character is just called Geek, and uh, I think one that would have sealed it was uh, Long Duck Dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might have got that. You wouldn't need Jake or Samantha, right? If I said Long Duck Dong. No, Long Duck Dong is all you got to say. Oh, okay. If there's one character that defines a movie, and that that'd be a game. What one character defines? You can say the character name. Anyway. That's a good. That's Long a good game. Long would definitely define. Sixteen candles. That's a good game. See, I know how it feels to be disappointed. When I was seven years old, no eight, all I wanted for Christmas was a new red bicycle. My favorite uncle, Uncle Alfresco, swore to me that he would buy me that bicycle. I counted the days until Christmas. Five o'clock, Christmas morning, I run right. down... Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Five o'clock, Christmas morning, I run downstairs and look under the tree, and what do I find? Uncle Alfresco dead on the floor, shot through the back of the head. Plus, no bicycle. Okay, now this movie was released uh, August 17th, 1990. Uh, the movie's in the theaters around the same time. Um, the same day, Wild at Heart and um, Flatliners, The Two Jakes, Goodfellas, five weeks later, uh, The Freshman, Die Hard 2, Dick Tracy. I think I saw all of those in the theater. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I saw, I definitely saw Dick Tracy and I saw Flatliners in the theater. And that's it. I think Die Hard 2 and Dick Tracy were probably the two that I was anticipating, looking, yeah. watching. And both of them were two of the dullest of that group. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And Flatliners is one I didn't necessarily have high expectations for, which was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't great, but for me, I remember it had Kevin Bacon and Keith Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, and I kind of knew some of the other people. Julie right, Powers right. Was not well known. No, no, no. Uh, either it was Oliver Platt or uh, or or even the Baldwin kid. Which, which one was it? I can't remember um, one of those Baldwin, not Alec. It was. Yeah, one of, it was one of those non-Alec Baldwin Baldwin's. Yeah, it wasn't Stephen. It was uh, Billy. Billy or William? I can't remember. Billy, Billy. Billy, I think Billy. Yeah. Yeah. You will be in Kilmore later. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a pretty good collection of movies. Uh, I like The Freshman a lot. It's a movie that, uh, you know. Brando. Yeah, Brando Robert. playing, sort of playing himself. And uh, the whole idea of the uh, the club that eats endangered animals and 
that was a pretty unique story, at least. <laughs> and the fact that they got they got Brandon to play himself, and also they had uh, uh, the college professor film the college professor talking about film talking about Godfather Two within the movie that has Marlon Brando in it. So that was an interesting uh, little tidbit. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's that's a pretty good movie. Um, the um, I know one point Steve Martin uh, or Morana says Capice to Steve Martin, and <laughs> he says, "Are you trying to say Capiche?" He's like, "Yeah, don't do it. Hurts my ears." Um, and uh, he's trying to set uh, Steve Martin up with a woman, and he points to Kuzak, and he said, "I don't know. I like him a little, you know, I don't know, dirty or something." And uh, <laughs> uh, and then a little bit later in the uh, grocery store, that's when uh, you see Carol Kane there dressed dressed as a Steve Martin might describe, uh, a little dirty or something. And uh, it's I think that's definitely the line that was used in the trailers, and that's the one that uh, people talk about is I said you shouldn't stand next to the does it stand next to the ice cream or stand next to the present food. I think it's the ice cream. It's like because you could melt all this stuff. You could melt all on this stuff. Yeah, this delivery is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you have the uh, when they actually have the court court scene. Uh, the lawyers are trying to trap him. You know, trying to talk about all the great stuff he gets with uh, witness relocation, a, a paycheck, and a place to live, and. Uh, and this is one of the actual emotional moments in the in the movie where he's like, that's not all I get, thinking he's going to brag more. And he's like, I get to never see my friends again. I get to never see my family. You know, I never get to go anywhere I used to go. And um, that's uh, kind of a genuine moment in a movie that's generally tra- trying to be silly all the time. Um, and uh, what uh, – what – other than this movie, what uh, Rick Moranis role do you think in other movies? What's one of your favorites? But for Rick Moranis, yeah, um, <clears throat> his name is hard to say. Name, everything. <laughs> um, on TV is Bob Bob and Doug yeah. McKenzie, uh, yeah, with uh, with Dave, mm-hmm. um, not Dave Chappelle, the other Dave, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and Ghostbusters, yeah, uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. He's been in a lot of stuff, yeah. Um, wow. Um, Probably those are the big ones that people remember. There's probably a couple I'm not remembering. It's probably a couple of really big movies that he was a, a star in that I'm not remembering for some reason. Yeah, he hasn't done anything in a long time since he, uh, he yeah. left the business. Yeah, his uh, apparently his his wife died and uh, he, decided, he mostly retired to take decided care. to take care of the kids. Yeah, so it's hard to you know hard to argue with that. Um, what big movies am I missing? Well, the movie. There's one movie he definitely was a star of, and another series of movies he was a star of. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I mentioned that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of that. Nah, I think was his first role, big right? First like big star role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also with Steve Martin. You know, Steve Martin pretty much has one scene, but you know, um, yeah. I think Strange Brew. I love. I used to love that one as a kid. I don't know if I'd love it as much now, but hey, <laughs> To the yeah. great white north. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. The beauty way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, 
he's uh, right now, other than doing uh, occasionally voiceovers for cartoons and uh, some voiceovers for getting video games, he doesn't do Not doesn't much. do a lot anymore. Um, but uh, well, I, there's a trailer out there for uh, another Ghostbusters coming up. Uh, Ghostbusters three, based on the first two. Yeah, skipping the more recent reboot. Right. Um, it's kind of a nebulous, but who knows? Maybe he'll make an appearance. Maybe, maybe. I hope, hope he does a does a cameo at least and shows up. You might have seen him as most of the original actors will at least make some kind of cameo in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, as the original characters, as opposed to what they did in the reboot, where they right. all made a cameo right. with someone else. That was which uh, I thought was, but I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I liked it, but it was, it was odd. Yeah. <laughs> it was, Seeing them as in Ghostbusters as some other character, like an alternate reality version of Ghostbusters. Yeah, yes. Um, now, they got the uh, the title of the movie and the theme song, My Blue Heaven, and they're playing the Fats Domino version, uh, but the song was also recorded by Sinatra and Doris Day, and yeah, very popular song back then. Um, a great little bounce, bouncy little song to use as a theme throughout the movie in different versions. Uh, the it's an American standard that there's enough versions out there you can make an entire soundtrack of different styles and versions of the same song. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, from yeah, from Doris Day to the uh, Sex Pistols. The Sex Pistols. Didn't I'm not sure that they did, but I believe they did. Really. <clears throat> Okay. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. There you go. Go check out the Sex Pistols version of My Blue Heaven on Spotify. And um, They did do it my way. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Frank, <laughs> the one Frank Sinatra made famous. They did a version of My Way, which is why I brought it up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, uh, awards from this movie? None, really. No really? None. Yeah. None? I'm shocked. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice enough movie, but I don't think it was a standout. No, no. I didn't see that in my mind. I think I couldn't remember a lot of it until I rewatched it again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess no big surprise. There was no, uh, <laughs> there was no real, uh, no real awards for this movie. Um, Not even a Razzie. No, uh, no. I, I definitely, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't yeah, bad enough. To it wasn't bad it. enough to do that. Um, it wasn't even bad enough to win an award. Exactly. Um, I do love the scene where uh, uh, Steve Martin and Rick Moranis are in the hotel room and he's, says, I'll get you some Italian food from room service and uh, Italian dressing. What is that? Come on, a salad? And he's like, macaroni and cheese. It's a pasta, yeah. Yeah, macaroni and cheese. Any pasta? Macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Um, when he goes down to the bar there with, with him and uh, – He's talking to Moranis about uh, you don't look them in the eye. Talking about women, trying to meet women. He's like, you're a good-looking guy. Face it, you're a better-looking guy than me. But I'll always get laid because I look them in the eye. And he kind of teaches him how to talk to women and teaches him how to dance and everything. And later, by the end of the movie, he's a different man and is real confident. With uh, when he throws the ex-husband out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, Daniel, Daniel Stern, and uh, doesn't have much of a role here. He's there about what two scenes, right? One he comes in, hey, you know, I'm an asshole, and that's yeah. when, hey, I'm an asshole, and I'm being thrown out. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. They didn't quite use him 
maybe as much as they, they should have. Um, you know, we probably had a bigger part initially, but once yeah. they changed up who was playing what parts, mm -hmm. the way the movie went, went a different direction. Yeah, true. Um, I really recently watched the uh, documentary on Netflix, Netflix series about Home Alone, and uh, he they wanted Daniel Stern, but it wasn't quite in the budget, and he's like, nah. And then they end up getting a bigger budget, and then they got him back. So, so he initially passed uh, Home Alone. Well, no, they wanted him, but they uh, but they, they weren't offering him enough money. So he passed. Right, right, right. And then they got more money, and he said, "Hey, we're going to need you." And you're like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. And then it turns out that him and Joe Pesci had worked together before in a movie. So uh, I don't remember what movie it was. It's not a not a movie I'd heard of, but they had been they had worked together before. So Daniel Stern, I like. I remember him from Breaking Away. I remember him from um, mm -hmm. Blue Thunder. Yeah. Um, DOA. Mm -hmm. He was in a lot of he had a lot of parts like that. Yeah. You see second banana parts and a lot of good movies. Yeah. Um, I can't remember anything he's been in in the last ten years. Though. Yeah, I don't know. He's just one of those actors probably either made his money and went away or no one wanted to work with him anymore. Yeah. For whatever reason. And, you know, he, his biggest role, I'm sure, I mean, it's home alone as far as what people know him from. Yeah. But if you're talking his voice, it's Wonder Years. The Wonder Years, yes. Yeah. He was the uh, overvoice in Wonder Years, much like Bob Saget was the overvoice in uh, I Met Your Mother. Oh, right, right. And, yeah, and the uh, the older version of the main star. Yeah, and then when they uh, did a parody of the Wonder Years on The Simpsons, they even got Daniel Stern. Like Bart was daydreaming, and then Daniel Stern was doing the, the voice. voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, he's he's been in a lot of different things, but he doesn't do much in this. Uh, Joan Cusack, uh, she's been in so many movies, but I was trying to think about without really looking at a list. For her to ever, and she's not in this, she's the third bill person for sure. For her, rarely ever to be the yeah. second, even the second build. I mean, now one I found that she's second build in In and Out with Kevin Klein. Because it was to people getting right. married. Right, right. And uh But even that her role was more of the put upon yes. victim. Right, right. But I mean she's second build, but for her it's she's a third or fourth like on everything. <laughs> and early on, she's certainly further down than that. But I think she could carry a movie. Yeah, I do too. I mean, she. I think she's. She was on uh, Shameless for a couple of years. Though uh, my favorite second or third uh, ranking for her was in Gross Point Blank. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the secretary. Right. Backing them off. Only on the phone. Never never in person with John Cusack. Okay. And double a uh, double double Cusack movie. Um, she does voices a lot for uh, American Dad now. Uh, she's not, and she does a lot of different voices probably, but she does voices on. You must say, I hope she's not American Dad because that's quite a change. No, no, she's not the not doing that, but you can see her on there, or hear her voice on there quite a bit. And one, two.
Okay, we're uh, coming toward the end of the episode here, and uh, it's time to find out. Uh, Paul, who's your guy? Who's my guy? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, there's so many different good character actors in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Melanie Mayron. Okay. Who played the officer. Uh-huh. Um, John Cusack's a good buddy. Yes. And who uh, falls head over heels for, for uh, Steve Barnes' character. Yeah. Um, she's probably best known for uh, a TV show, 30-something, uh-huh. uh, as well as good parts other parts here and there. But I think she did a really good job here. Yeah. And uh, it's like pretty much the only other female in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't play uh, too much of a stereotype. I mean, she was a little goo-goo-eyed over Steve Martin as soon as mm-hmm. she met him and a little too uh, taken in by him. But she was also seemed to uh, project her own personality and her own person. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, so why I'm going to go with Melanie uh, Mayron. Okay. So you you think, uh, what about the Bechdel test? The Bechdel t- Oh, the Bechdel test. Uh, the the female-centric test. Uh, yes. Uh, what are the rules of that again? Um, you have to have at least two females in a movie who have a name. You know their name. Okay. And her. Yeah. We know their name. I mean, I don't remember, but we know it. And they have to have a name, and they have to have a discussion with each other that's not about a man. So, um, you know, does this? I'm trying to remember what did they talk about besides Steve Martin or uh, the other guy? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank in my old age. I don't think this movie passes. I don't think it does either. I think I'd have to, I'd have to go back and look at it. Just for that, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say right now, it doesn't pass. It. No, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Um, yeah. Which is kind of sad because uh, most of the actors you do a great job with their yeah. parts. So it comes down to the writing, I think. Uh, and the writers are the ones who uh, put the characters in situations, put them together, and the directors are the ones that keep them there. Yes. So. Okay. And uh, for my guy, I'm going to pick uh, William Hickey. Ah, the old man. Yeah. Just uh, love seeing him and, uh, you know, just love the attitude on his face and his voice. And he doesn't do much. He doesn't have to. <laughs> you know, nearly all of those uh, gangsters. Yeah. The gangster scene. Yeah. Uh, were bit part character actors from the old recognize his face. Like, I know that guy from somewhere and that guy yeah. from somewhere else. And, you know, they're all out there together. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. And uh, his uh, William Hickey is definitely. Uh, He's my guy. Um, and um, it's time to f- update our top 10 villains list. Ah, uh, yes, the villains. Yes. Do you have any ideas on the villains? Because I do. Okay, well, so who's your idea on the villains? Well, the hero of the movie is definitely Steve Martin. Yeah. And uh, throughout the whole movie, he is confronted, confounded, and hounded by one person and one person only. That's Mrs. Stubbs. Okay. She's got to be the villain of even though it's a comedy yeah. and everything works out for the best, even for her character and everyone else's, uh, she's still the one who's against the hero. So yes. He is the villain. Did no one else in this really is villainous against the hero? Some people do stupid, nasty things. You yeah. may say maybe the ex-wife who left them like that could be villainous, but she wasn't in the movie long enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mrs. Stubbs throughout the whole movie was trying to get Penny. Yes. So she's my villain. Okay. Okay. So 
our top ten villains list so far, we've seen uh, we've seen a Christmas Story, Angel Heart, and My Blue Heaven. So we've had the the, the dogs, the dogs from Christmas we Story. We have uh, Johnny Favorite. Yeah, Johnny Favorite's on top. The mm-hmm. dogs are on the bottom. Um, Mrs. Stubbs is so nice, despite being the villain of this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can put her any place but in the bottom right now. Okay. And I think that as time goes by. She will continually move to the bottom of the list until okay. she's off the top ten. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Villains are can be pretty bad. Yeah. Usually, although she is the only person in the whole movie continuously going after Vinny. Yeah. And maybe she won't make it out of the top ten. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. It depends there. Um. So uh, yeah, let's keep everyone suspenseful. Exactly. Until we get to the eleventh movie. Exactly. To see if she drops off the list. All the drama we're gonna have. Let me get there. Um, so, Paul, do you have any plugs right now? Don't have any plugs right now. I've got a few things in the line. I know. Mm-hmm. Talk about them as soon as they're gelled. Okay. So. All right. Um, uh, my plugs right now is just this podcast. Um, what did that what can we be heard on right now? Uh, we can be heard on Spotify, um, Overcast, Castbox, uh, of course, Anchor. Who Anchor is the one we actually do the podcast through. And um, Radio Public, and I'm still working on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Uh, they're not available there yet, but uh, actually, by the time you listen to this episode, they may be out. Um, Were they on Breaker? Uh, yes, Breaker on oh, Google Podcasts. Yeah, and uh, so we're still working on a few more, but uh, the best thing you can do is uh, subscribe. Or like or heart or whatever the version of that is on each app. Um, it's different things, but uh, download it and listen and rate us on iTunes is a great way. Uh, if you do that, it helps us show up on lists. Just being rated uh, helps us show up on lists uh, best of different types of categories. And um, so it's now it's time to. Uh, now, Paul, where do you think? This would rank. What would this rank on your list? My Blue Heaven. My Blue Heaven. Uh, you know what? This would not probably rank on my list of top 100 movies. Uh, okay. It was pleasant. Yeah. It wasn't memorable enough for me to even remember a lot of it, except mm-hmm. for the the thrust of the main character, so the gist of the main character. Yeah. I had to watch the movie to remember the actual flow through the storyline. Mm-hmm. I had to remember how. Uh, antagonistic Stubbs and Vinny were really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to say that uh, this is not my top 100 at all. So. Okay. But it's in your top. Yeah. Definitely in your 100. That's what we're talking about. Yes. So where would it list on yours? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to put it the bottom 50 somewhere. Um, uh, probably fairly low 70. Okay. Uh, this comes in at number 97. 97. That's yeah. very low. On yeah. This, but it yeah. is on the list. Yeah, it is on the list. That says a lot. Eh, it's 97, but when you start thinking about, uh, you know. One, one, three for three. Most of my zero, movies are. I'm zero for three right now. Yeah, well, you were kind of close on Angel Heart, I think. I can't remember. Nah, I can't remember. You know, I think I put Angel Heart in the top half, and all three have been the lower half of your yeah. Movie, yeah. movie list so far. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to skew the next one to the lower half. Mm-hmm. Okay. We seem to be looking around the lower half right now. So. Yep. Yep. 
All right. And uh, it's time to talk about uh, next week's episode. What's coming up next? Next week's episode. Uh, you should get out your uh, your chewing tobacco, uh, your best courtroom suit with your black socks. And for sure, make sure you leave your mitt laying on the field. Next week, we're going to talk about Eight Men Out. Eight men, which also had Bill Irwin in it. Exactly. Bill Irwin. 1980, 1988 movie uh, directed by John Sayles, baseball movie. I think his best movie of all of all. I love John Sayles, but this is probably his best movie. Yeah. Definitely his most uh, commercial, I'm sure. Yeah. And and it's probably for John Cusack fans, probably uh, the John Cusack movie a lot of John Cusack fans haven't seen, I would say. Wow, he was young. He was, yeah. And he was about 23, maybe. I'm guessing, yeah. It's about that, yeah. So this is a, it's a good one. It's a good one. And uh, we'll see you next week on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Bring him back here. Lady, this man is much more important than a couple of petty larcenies. That's your opinion. You don't live here. But if I did, it would be a great comfort for me to know that a narrow-minded fanatic is looking out for the welfare of this community. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? You got to do better than that. You're going to lose the argument. I am not happy about this. Lady, this is Justice Department policy. Well, they're wrong. They're wrong, and I'm right. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been wrong about anything? Yes, once. The shoes, right? The shoes are tragic. What was the name of, um, what was his name? Eddie. Eddie what? That's all I know, except he drives a Blue Nova. The car you were picked up in was not a Blue Nova. It was a green Chrysler. Oh, well, that explains it. I jump-started the wrong car. I was in a hurry. I was on my way to church to say a few novenas for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not a Catholic holiday. Thanksgiving is very big with the Italians. Turkey cacciatore, sweet potato parmesan. There is no such thing as Thanksgiving in Italy. It is an American holiday. And I've been to Italy. It's not... To Florence, right? Yes. Ever been to Sicily by any chance? No. Thanksgiving is very big in Sicily on account of the large number of Sicilians who went to America and then got thrown back out. There were two cases of liquor in the back seat of that car. People drink too much.